Hey everybody, on this episode I'm talking to my friend Rachel about Darren Aronofsky's movie The Fountain. Um, this uh, audio is from an old podcast that I had and then um, I switched because um, it was too difficult to try and keep up the distribution side. So switch to Anchor and Anchor is just easier. It has its pluses and minuses, but it's easier to make this stuff on Anchor. Anyway, uh, I think it was, we did this in 2015? Yeah, it was recorded in 2015, so um, that might give you some context. Anyway, enjoy. Okay, mainline coil, artificial line coil, new... Armature lever, separate batteries, supplementaries, all new contrivances. It's the 11th Street Telegram, your premier anachronistic news and entertainment program, coming to you from the offices of the 11th Street Telegraph Agency. Malazan of Benbo speaking. Hey, this is another episode of the podcast that we call the 11th Street Telegram, and I am Peter. Joining me today is, oh man, what's your name again? <laughs> you what can just call it? me Rachel. Are you sure? Yeah. Rachel. Mm-hmm. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Rachel. Hey, Rachel, what are, what are we doing today? What are we going to do? Uh, I think we're talking about the fountain. This, uh... Any particular one? <laughs> Just you know, fountains in general. Oh yeah, this is a, yeah different it's structures. Like a, it's a it's like a ninety nine percent invisible um, episode or something, right? Isn't that the show where they <laughs> like deconstruct driveways and <laughs> hedge mazes and stuff? <laughs> that sounds amazing. And I, I would totally watch what... that. <laughs> no, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. I think they do stuff like that. You really? Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. I think it's called. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they do on 99% Invisible. There's a free plug. 99% <laughs> Invisible. I will. I'll check it out because I'm super into fountains, which is why I watched this movie, and then was completely disappointed <laughs> when there were very few actual fountains in it. Yeah. Yeah. I was led astray. I thought it was like a documentary about fountains, but it was this like about. metaphysical movie about love and spirituality and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, The Fountain came out in 2006, was directed by Darren Aronofsky. Um, you want to give us a short little plot summary? Sure. So, basic basic plot is... Uh, you got your two main characters, Tom and Izzy, uh, played by Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weiss. And the two of them play the main characters in these three sort of interconnected stories. The main story is about Tom, who is a scientist trying to find a cure for Izzy's cancer. Meanwhile, Izzy is writing a novel about the Spanish Inquisition and a conquistador who's searching for the Tree of Life for uh, Queen Isabel of Spain. And again, that's Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weiss. And then 
that also intermixes what is with what is presumably future Tom in a uh, bubble spaceship <laughs> with mm-hmm. a tree that is maybe Izzy. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And uh, he's um, seeking Shibalba, the uh, the Mayan um, afterlife or underworld, which is something that Izzy in the like the present day portion of the movie um, is is also obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the three storylines interconnect and interweave and transition between between all three. Yeah, yeah. And and in the um in the main portion, Izzy's dying and Tom is a some sort of brain scientist guy who's working on curing whatever tumor yeah. um, that she has and he's doing lots of experiments on monkeys and stuff to try and get this tumor down. Um and at the same time she has this same kind of tumor that he's experimenting on on these monkeys so um she's dying and there's a lot and she's sort of taking it with a lot of grace right like yeah she's 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 welcoming death and he's kind of struggling against it the whole time yeah i think at one point he says death is a disease it's like any other and there's a cure and i will find it right yeah yeah so instead of spending time with izzy during her final days he's pushing to find a cure to save her at the last minute if he can yeah yeah um so what uh, i i first saw this movie when it came out in the theater Mm -hmm. in 2006 and i was living in colorado at the time didn't really know anybody i was i was over at um somebody's house for thanksgiving because it came out around thanksgiving time Mm -hmm. um and uh it was just it like i i have been at many other families thanksgivings in my life and i i really just just don't like doing it (laughs) at all yeah so but but i also didn't want to just mope around by myself so i was at this thanksgiving and then like they were doing all this chummy family stuff, and and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna go." And they were sort of like, "Oh, what? Where are you going? Where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, I I just I was gonna go to the movies. I'm going to the movies. Bye." And then I and then I left <laughs> and went and went and saw this by myself. Uh, it was like cold Colorado. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. It was a good movie to see by myself at like 7 o'clock on Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies where you need to watch it with either on your own or people that you can connect with later. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) About the movie. I saw it uh, in Madison. Um, I was visiting some friends in the area and we went to this like tiny old theater and it was just me and my two friends in the theater. And it was completely empty. It was like this vintage um, place. So there's all this like beautiful, like ornate gold scroll work <laughs> around the screen. Uh-huh. And we just sort of sat in silence and experienced this thing together. <laughs> and <laughs> it was nice. almost like too great a way to watch it. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to replicate that environment. <laughs> right. And yeah. then 
<laughs> and then after that, I proceeded to watch it like a bunch of times at, at the same friend's house um, that watched it with me. And uh, it became like this litmus test for people in my life. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, how do you feel about this movie? If it's not the okay. same, I'm starting to question <laughs> our friendship. And uh, my friend said he actually seriously considered breaking up with someone because they didn't like this movie. Oh, jeez. We were, but it, it, you know, we were in our like early twenties, and it was like serious, and <laughs> it felt really deep at the time. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. I. I liked. I like the structure of this movie. Like, I don't. Uh, um. I don't know what how you interpreted it, but the way I think, the way I think this frame works is like. The present day is a present day, and that's actually what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's working on the monkeys, and his wife is dying, and and all of that stuff is actually happening. And then, as far as like the far past and the far future, that's just the that's the book that she's writing. So mm-hmm. she's right; she has written the the stuff in the past. Um, then she hands him the book at one point and says, "You have to finish this. You have to finish writing the book for me." Mm-hmm. Um, and the future stuff is the stuff that he's writing. Oh, um, so sure. that that's that's the way I've always thought about this movie is like he, like she's she openly said she was studying that stuff in the past and like that was the stuff that she was writing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, I I I don't think it occurred to me right when I saw the movie, but then pretty shortly after it when i when i was thinking about it and like oh yeah like he's he he has written the stuff in the future like that's that's his ending to the book you know um so that that's sort of the way that i've thought about it what is that i i'm judging from your reaction that that's not the way that that you've sort of thought about it no but i really really like that and that makes a lot more sense to me <laughs> oh, okay. i'd already i guess i'd always taken it as sort of like this kind of literal uh future thing happening where maybe he took um well because so one of the tests they did on the monkey was like help rejuvenate the monkey Mm -hmm. right they had a sample and it's kind of implied that it's the sample from the tree of life yeah they found they found some some tree somewhere that yeah had properties like that yeah in the amazon or something and uh i guess i'd always kind of thought of it as him having, you know, planted that tree and then taken that tree with him to literally go to the nebula. Like, he's been able to rejuvenate so long that he's, like, in this super future setting where he can actually do this. Yeah, gotcha. And took it more on, a like, a sci-fi slant, I Mm -hmm. suppose. But I I never really thought that much about it. It was just this other part of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I haven't seen it since, since I guess like 2006 is when I was watching it a lot. <laughs> okay. And then, yeah. and then it sort of trickled off for a while after that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it, there's, there's little, I think there's little hints that, that, that is what is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but I think the movie's ambiguous enough to where, even if you didn't realize that that was, that, if that is what's going on, like... I think it still works on on the level that you were talking about too, you know. Yeah, 
Like, it doesn't have to, it doesn't not work like that. Right. Though I think having it be like what he's written would make sense because, you know, he keeps in that future um, setting, he keeps having these flashbacks to present day. Yeah. And if he's finishing the novel and is using it as a means of like processing her death and processing what's happened, then it would make sense that that's how he would write it. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, I guess I didn't, and maybe even that middle part is included in the novel too. Like Mm -hmm. maybe he's, he's included that middle portion and the end portion. Um, I guess I I never thought about it like that. I guess I, I always just thought of the novel as being like that super far in the past and then that super far in the future. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's, I think, I think while that that's an interesting device, I don't think that the movie purely relies on the device, you know? Like, there's some movies that only work because of the gimmick, mm-hmm. you know? And I really don't think that this movie is like that, um, right? I, I mean, if if it was just a straightforward narrative, I think that the, like, the, the shots are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like the dialogue is really cool. It doesn't, it doesn't spoon feed you with what's going on, obviously, because we're sitting here trying to like pick apart what is actually going on, right? you know? Yeah. And I really, I really like movies that trust the audience enough to, to figure, figure this stuff out on their own, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is something I, I enjoyed about it as well, that it, the, it's like, it's this impressionist movie, <laughs> is kind mm-hmm. of how I've always thought of it. Like you, it gives you something to focus on and to think about, but what you pull from it and how you piece it together is entirely an internal process. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there were some parts that I didn't understand, especially in the, like, especially in the, in the past portion where they're in Spain and it's the conquistadors and they're looking for, the um the fountain of youth Mm -hmm. like a lot of the the warring factions or whatever are kind of confusing like the there's the the inquisitor (laughs) self-flagellating you know Mm -hmm. and tearing his tearing his body apart yeah um the it's like there's clearly like bad guys in that past portion, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't see that mirrored really in the present or the future portions. Like, like I guess you could say that the bad guys are cancer or the tumor or something. I don't know. What's what's your take on that? Yeah, I guess the way I thought of it was that the Inquisitor was cancer, and then. I think at one point the conquistador's buddies kind of turn on him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me that was like um the like Tom's coworkers trying to delay his research and change his focus. Oh right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And so it was more of an extreme like a like the like the novel portion is hyperbole for what's what's going on you have this like extreme evil and you know these violent um violent people trying to keep him from finding the cure and finding finding life yeah 
yeah that makes sense that makes sense and the um like uh, rachel weiss plays plays the queen isabella Mm -hmm. in that past portion but i don't i don't think she's a direct mirror of his wife because i think spain is more the direct mirror for his wife because spain is the one that's in trouble spain is the one that's like getting torn apart and he's doing all this stuff for spain right you know yeah spain is dying Um, so to speak right yeah yeah the queen is more like Um, the heart i guess or maybe izzy's brain i don't know yeah 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 i think that works right yeah why not (laughs) (laughs) why not but yeah this they 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 definitely try and like have mirrored things all throughout the movie like there's that scene where he's driving and it looked it looked really cool because it was like shot from upside down and you couldn't really tell it was upside down because the it was so abstract enough that like the lights were on the bottom but then as soon as the car came up the the camera like followed it a full 180 degrees so that it flipped to right side up you know and then they had that same scene in um the past where he's riding on the horse and it was the same it did the same motion with yeah, the camera the like i really like that yeah yeah it was really cool um so yeah he, he's definitely trying to like trying to like show show the connection between all this stuff and like there's there's the scene in the present where he's talking to izzy and his lips are really close to her face mm-hmm and and he's saying you know he's saying something to her and like the little hairs on her face are raising up yeah like on her neck i think Uh, yeah yeah and that same thing they have in in that extreme future where the tree he's talking to the tree and the tree has those creepy (laughs) little like hairs on it and he eats the bark with the creepy hairs and it sounds like it's sizzling (laughs) (laughs) gross um yeah yeah so so yeah they're definitely trying to do this whole mirrored thing um which works it works it works really well i think um oh and then i have my notes are just like all over the place because this movie is all over the place changes around so much <laughs> yeah but like there's that scene i think right after izzy dies and there's no sound mm-hmm. at all right is that when it is that when it happens Izzy dies and then there's yeah. complete lack of yeah, sound. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like that it wasn't um I, th- this whole movie felt really subdued and not I mean, I guess it was pretty sentimental, mm-hmm. but like the the score for it um Clint Manzel did the score for it and he's done a lot of scores for for movies like this where it's just sort of super minimal and like tone shifting and stuff um so i really appreciate a movie score that isn't super heavy-handed and like bashing you over the head with okay now you are supposed to feel this thing right you know yeah i thought that was really good yeah and uh i ended up watching the um like the commentary and whatnot afterwards Mm -hmm. and um one thing they talked about was that with each of the different segments they tried to move from dark to light and set up so that oh okay in a lot of the scenes there's some kind of journey 
whether it's like just down a hallway or it's like through a path or, um, you know, the super future Tom climbing the tree. Mm-hmm. It's all this, this journey where they're constantly moving and going towards a destination, moving from the dark into the light. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. And it was... It made I wish I'd I'd seen that before I watched the movie so I could pay closer attention to that. Um mm-hmm. but Oh, and the other thing was they talked about how they had um symmetry in almost all of the shots. Oh, so okay. Like this balance. Even if you were viewing it at, yeah, at that... a different angle, the shot was set up so that if you were viewing it straight on, it would be symmetrical. Oh, cool. That that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think all of that really added to the connection between the the three segments. And when I first watched it, that was the biggest thing for me. It's like the plot was cool, the ideas were cool. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the plot was cool, but the it was the connections that really made the most impact on me. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a super visual. It's like it, it you could almost watch this movie without you know, without the dialogue and you'd pretty much get the gist of what the what the movie of what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, it's a it's a super visual movie. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um Oh, and I just saw that Clint Manzel does the music for all of Aronofsky's uh, movies. Well, up until up until Black Swan. Okay. Um um let's see i'm trying to think if there's any other huge like standout things that i really liked about this um oh what one of the old uh i recognized the one of his um conquistador compatriots back in the you know in the in the past is this is this guy who um, he's a good character actor and he played this really rough um, gang member on training okay. day. And it's such a difference to see him being like this sort of speaking in like this pseudo Shakespearean <laughs> way. And then like in training day, he's part of this really intense scene where he has like a shotgun up to Denzel Washington's face and he's about <laughs> to kill him. Um, yeah. Uh, that I I I liked I liked the addition of that guy. I should figure out um should figure out what the guy's name is. I don't even know. It's not like the characters had names, so um, right, be like second conquistador. To... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find him on IMDb here. Oh, it's Cliff Curtis. Okay. that's who it is. Yeah, I've seen him in Curtis. a few other things. He's always um, just sort of. A secondary, secondary character. Yeah, yeah. If you ever watch Training Day again, um, just keep your <laughs> eye out for that scene because he's he is Quite badass in that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that that scene where he's giving himself a tattoo oh. up close. That ring where he's giving himself the the ring tattoo. Man. That was that was intense. <laughs> I'm physically cringing um, right now, like thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> just like drawing and like oh yeah, and, and it, oh it looks like it hurts. Yeah, this is this is a this is like 
it's like a very emotional i mean emotions are all over the place in this movie because he's like he's got the pen that she gave him to finish writing the novel and he's like jabbing it up close into his into Mm -hmm. his finger um yeah this this whole movie doesn't is just really in your face with how emotional it is which i another thing i really liked about this movie is that it did not drag on like it's an hour and 40 mm-hmm. minutes, I think. It's not a long movie at all. Hour and 36 minutes. Um, yeah, like, it did what it needed to do, and it was it Yeah, it, was it over. didn't waste time. Like, I really appreciate... Yeah, I really appreciate movies that don't... That don't um, I mean, if it needs to be a long movie, it needs to be a long movie. But, yeah. Awesome. Awesome length. Way to go, Aronofsky. Um, yeah, everything, everything was but, significant. Uh, yeah. There weren't any wasted yeah. shots. And it this is a weird it's a weird sort of movie for for Aronofsky because he um I'm pulling up his his filmography thing because he went from doing so he did Pie and Requiem for a Dream. I never uh, he didn't direct Below, but yeah. So his his movies before this were Pie, Requiem for a Dream, and then he did The Fountain. Um, so Pie is this black and white, basically like student film about about um, numbers and the Jewish mafia. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. The um, uh, what's it called? The Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. It's about. It's basically about Kabbalah. Um, Requiem for a Dream is just a miserable, like, people at the end of their rope and addiction and people doing terrible things to each other. Um, So, I mean, I guess it it sort of follows in that line because we go from, like, paranoia to addiction and despair. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to write a movie that's sort of a little bit happier and this is his <laughs> right happy where the movie. theme is death is the road to awe <laughs> right yeah it's all about yeah. death being this beautiful thing <laughs> yeah yeah and that's his, yeah and that's, that's his, his that's his happy movie. movie yeah um and um okay okay so i want to transition to saying what i did not like about this movie yeah if that's sure. okay and this is something what I don't like about this movie is um the fact that the diversity in this movie is not the greatest in the right. world like like I mean we have there there's a few like um like uh, uh token minorities thrown in here but it for the most part this is a I don't know. I was just watching it and I was just thinking, man, this is a super white movie. <laughs> like it's just it's just super super white. Um you know, Hugh Jackman and and um Rachel Weiss to I think Hugh Jackman's British, Australian. right? Australian and Rachel Weiss is definitely British mm-hmm. or or something. Anyway, they're two people who aren't Americans doing their best American accent. Um yeah, I and I don't know, and the reason I thought of that is because of how much criticism Aronofsky got for Noah, uh, right? Wasn't Noah? No, I'm getting that confused with the Ridley Scott thing. 
But still, I mean, he cast Russell Crowe as <laughs> Noah. I don't know. Like, like it's in it, you know this year with all the all the white people in the Oscars. You know that hashtag Oscar mm-hmm. so white thing. Um, I, I and I was sort of thinking about all the movies that we've talked about so far in this mm-hmm. podcast, and and like, man, I really gotta I really gotta mix it up because for the most part, it's just been like, let's talk about the troubled <laughs> white guy. And, and, um, you know, that's not to say, that's not to negate, like, like how cool the movie mm-hmm. looks or anything like that. But, but man, I, it's, it, if, if I just step back and think about it for a minute, it's like, how, how few movies are there? I mean, it's not like there's few movies, but I feel like, I feel like, um, it's, it just needs to be expanded a little bit, you know? So that was that was one of the big things that I noticed about this movie and didn't really like. I mean, I don't know. It, it's it would be tough to shove in to shove in like a a character into this story and, and make them have more significance because um, it's basically a story about the right. two of them, you know. So I mean, I get it. It's not like I'm saying oh create this third person and make him a big part of the movie like that would just, <laughs> just be like weird. this black guy that's just hanging out just all the time <laughs> he's just yeah. there yeah yeah hey <laughs> hey can i help can i help now yeah that that wouldn't be good but um i think i think that was the biggest thing i didn't like yeah. about this movie did you have anything that 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 stood out to well, you that you didn't i don't know like? that it's so much that there's anything glaring that i didn't like but it wasn't this like magical experience that it was when I first saw it. Oh man. Yep. I think part of it is like just the timing when I watched it, I watched it in my like early twenties when (laughs) maybe I'm more jaded now. I don't know. Or maybe I expect more from a film. I wasn't sure. I think some of it was I watched it in HD and that was a mistake because it needs like the softness i think to really kind of let you suspend disbelief and fall into it wait a second wait it wait a second i gotta i have to ask a clarifying question please for the love of god tell me you turned true motion off or de-jutting or whatever the hell it's called no i watched it at a friend's house well except it wasn't a friend's house they were house sitting for someone and none of us knew how to work (laughs) like the dvd oh god so you watch the movie (laughs) you watch the movie with with that damn true motion thing on where it makes everything look like like uh like a soap opera it it only really stood out during the present day scenes when they're in the hospital and i'm like am i watching er that's i feel like i'm watching er that's a yes so you did watch it with that on i know i know but (laughs) there's there's been so many like if if there's one thing I just want to break into people's <laughs> houses and do for them, it's fix everybody's TV to turn off that stupid, god awful, uh, like on my TV it's called yeah. True Motion. It's it's basically anything that's above a certain mm-hmm. frame rate. Like it makes movies look awful. It does terrible. And so- oh god, yeah. No wonder you didn't. <laughs> I like think it as that much kept kind of jolting me out a little bit. Um, 
Oh, and 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 the thing is, it's like, like, it's fine if you like the way that looks. Like, if you're a person who's just watching TV and you don't tend to notice things like that, there is nothing wrong with you as a person <laughs> or like your tastes or whatever. But if somebody else brings it up to that person and then they and then they say, I don't know what you're talking about. I've been in that situation before where I'm trying to explain why it looks mm-hmm. terrible and I sound like a crazy person. <laughs> like it's too It's too real. Can you can you wait? <laughs> why is wait, why is why I don't understand why it's shiny. It like I sound like I like and then the the person who doesn't know anything about this. I forget even what we were watching. Um but yeah, I I was I was you know, the picky guy amongst a, a, a group of, hey, whatever, like, let's just go with the flow and watch this thing. And it was making me nauseous. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm going to break into your houses <laughs> and fix your TVs for you. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go, go back and rewatch it just like on my laptop or something. So I can yeah. see if I can yeah. get fully absorbed in it again. But I think some of it, too, is just time. You know, things are starting to look a little dated in the movie. and Really? You thought um, it looked just dated? Mo- mostly huh. the modern day scenes. I don't know. There were things that just kind of struck me. And I read a review where someone was like, it's this like fever dream mixed with episodes of ER. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, a little bit, maybe? <laughs> And I think, too, yeah. I don't know if it's just my views on spirituality have changed, and that's changed how I've connected to the movie. Because I yeah. think that was a really big part of it for me um, when I watched it the first time, was connecting it to like my own spirituality and my own thoughts on life after death and the afterlife and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And that's, I don't know. I, I mean, and... And uh, as all that stuff relates to another person too, right? Like, like I, I for me, like I'm not at the point in my life where where I have that type of connection with someone, right? You know? Like, like, like I mean, that's a pretty that is a that is a pretty intense relationship. Yeah, you know that the, that the two of them yeah. have. Yeah, and I I think um, at the time too, I was like. It was in the frame of mind where I was really looking for that kind of connection with somebody. And maybe now mm-hmm. I'm like, it'd be nice, but, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. But that, at the time I was like, <laughs> right. you know, so full of hope and just completely inspired by this movie. And now you're cynical right. and bitter. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, it's so great. Um, yeah, yeah. In that there's there's somebody I think I can't remember if it was Mark Marin that was talking about um, how nostalgia it, it he I think he was linking like nostalgia and like the perfect cup of <laughs> coffee and doing cocaine all mm-hmm. together and and what they all have in common is is um, if you try and recreate 
like you you try and experience something the same way that it was experienced before you're never going to get to that level you know um but so much of nostalgia like whether it's oh man i really gotta get i really gotta finish out my comic book collection Mm -hmm. you know like i really gotta get get these few comics that i had when i was a kid like you're gonna acquire those things and not be fulfilled from it you know like you're gonna try and make your coffee the same way to produce the exact same (laughs) flavor or whatever like you'll have all these implements and thermometers and stuff and you might come really close but chances are you're not gonna reproduce the the one perfect thing that you had you know and and that's what a lot of of drugs are too is just like you have that initial high and people try and get back to that but you know you're chasing the dragon right. you're not and you're I never think, gonna get to that i think maybe that was my other um, mistake well not mistake exactly but i did watch it with the friend that i watched it with the first time yeah oh that, really okay. that did provide some neat insights like we talked about it later about how it we both thought it was a really cool movie still and we both enjoyed it but it wasn't this like mind-blowing experience again yeah yeah it, it, it yeah and i like i think I, I i connected to it to a lesser degree than you did but for me it was still like this really cool thing uh, um you know it was I, I was leaving this sort of weird family um dinner thing at at thanksgiving and you know that's full of its own mm-hmm. like emotions and things and then going into this dark theater by myself and just watching this crazy you know like you were saying fever dream um unfold and it was sort of dark and like mm-hmm. emotional it you know it it like hit the it hits it hits lonely people right yes. in the sweet spot maybe, I think. maybe that's it maybe <laughs> you know? i'm not as lonely as i was either like when i watched <laughs> yeah, it the first maybe. time i was going through a period in my life where i had friends but i felt really really alone and now I'm more satisfied, I guess, with my social arrangements. And so I was like, mm-hmm. cool, this movie's neat, but I'm not, it's not filling like a hole <laughs> for me anymore. And, yeah. you know, and now that right. I think about it too, I was watching a lot of indie movies at the time about, about connections and about things being connected to other things. Like, um, like there was that movie called what the bleep do we know and it was kind of a yeah it's not that great a movie for learning about quantum physics if you actually want to learn about quantum physics but it has some neat ideas in it Mm -hmm. about things being connected on a a greater scale than we realize and just all these indie movies where there were similar techniques like jumping from story to story and it was about connections and so i was looking I think for anything that made me feel connected to everything else. And that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's the that experience, you know, that's the emotional tone that this movie was imbued with was like, you know, it is possible to, to mm-hmm. connect to everything, to connect to other people. And now when I watch them, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and you know what's funny is there a movie that came out. I don't, I'm not sure when it came out, but um, one of my friends in Florida mm-hmm. used I Heart Huckabee's mm-hmm. as like this litmus test thing. And what's funny is that that's a now that you said like this movie is about connections mm-hmm. and connecting things and people. Yeah, like that's what I Heart Huckabee's is about too. You know, it's about this weird way of talking about how everybody's connected to one another and you know how things change and stuff but yeah yeah it just made me think of that like this person described i heart i heart huckabees the same way that you were describing the fountain like okay let me sit down and um i have to show this to this guy that i'm about to date and see how he (laughs) reacts to it you know right and oh if they don't like it then that that says something you know yeah yeah it was it was a pretty big deal i mean we even had like a fountain viewing party yeah and uh, a friend of mine made <laughs> this little like pie with a uh, a tree made out of time on top <laughs> t-h-y-m-e yeah right yeah okay yep they're not they're not secretly wizards and they know how to make <laughs> all right no that'd be that'd be cool that'd that be super fun. cool <laughs> yeah but no it was a stream edit so yeah what a what i a... think there was there was really no hope for me to feel the same connection <laughs> Yeah. After it being such a big deal. What a depressing movie for a bunch of people to get together and watch. I'm, I'm making I, it sound like I don't <laughs> like this movie. And I do. I really do like this movie. Yeah, but I do too. This is not a... What a weird what a weird <laughs> choice. Hey, hey guys. It was more like, hey, hey we're in our early 20s. Look how deep we are. We're so into <laughs> yeah. this movie. You have to watch it with us. And our friends are like, this yeah. is stupid. Can we get pizza? <laughs> You just don't understand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'd sit and try to explain it to them about why it was so amazing. Oh, no. And they're like, that is... I don't, can we watch like an Adam Sandler movie? This is. Oh, <laughs> man. Terrible. Oh, man. Like, I've been in those situations before. And, you know, we all get in moods like that. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to disparage people who are in their early 20s or <laughs> or people who are like 36 and are, and are in that mood. Like, right. there's some times when, when like the sentiment and like really digging into that stuff really matters but Mm -hmm. man if you're ever if you're ever a person who is feeling like that and then Mm -hmm. you're in the midst of people who don't feel like that i don't know like there's no hope you don't you you, (laughs) like for either for either way like you're not going to bring your friend up to the adam sandler level or they're not going to bring you up to the fountain level I there and if that happens, it's just best to go your separate ways until you guys can reach a middle ground. Like I was on a, I was on a um a trip with a friend, who was, you know, if we're using this analogy, was mm-hmm. in like the fountain mood the whole time, and and meanwhile the others of us are just being super goofy and just like but but we were on a trip with this guy for like five days Mm -hmm. so he would be like moody and kind of sulky in the corner and meanwhile we're like playing rock band you know on um (laughs) on xbox and like singing sabotage by the beastie boys you Mm -hmm. know and he's like well can we just i want to i want to mope about this stuff uh it's it's hard when you're the person who's moping, it's hard to snap yourself out of it. And it's also hard when you're not the person moping to be 
um, sort of understanding of that feeling. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, that there's something about that movie. Like, I think, I, I guess I just identify it so much with that period in my life. Like, I was also writing a lot of poetry. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, you know, at the time, too, in order for a movie to be deep, it had to make me sad. Like, mm-hmm. those two were really connected. And I would just sob, like, every time I watched this movie. Oh, no. And, <laughs> like, the part oh, where where Izzy's just died, and he's, like, sitting in the bed crying. Oh, man. Just before yeah. he starts, like, tattooing his finger, and I just lose it, like, every time. Except yeah. this time. And I was like, that's super sad, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, I don't... And I think, too, I was a little disconnected trying to pay too close of attention watching the movie like i need to analyze and understand so i can talk about this yeah instead of just sinking into it but yeah 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 it has that it sort of has that effect right um the or the inspection of a thing Mm -hmm. i I mean so maybe maybe that's like maybe what we're getting at here is that like it's a good movie but it sort of only hits that one emotional tone throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And like, if there were more emotional tones within the movie, like that, maybe that would have made it a little bit better. Maybe. I don't know. Cause I mean, at the end, I feel like there is this moment of joy, but it's like dark joy, <laughs> you know, yeah. where he well, dies and everything explodes and he's super happy about it. <laughs> right. Because now right. he's dead too and gets to be dead forever with Izzy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so I mean, if we think about if we think about his other movies, Aronofsky's other movies, mm-hmm. like Pie was super, super dark. Oh my god, yeah. Like, <laughs> super dark. However, it the fact that it was black and white, and and I remember distinctly some shots that they did where it was sort of like using a fisheye lens and like. The, all the old Hasidic guys are sort of towering over. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that actually happened, but that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, I like it adds that. it it adds this element of sort of not quite farce, but like sort of you're 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 really aware that this is kind of goofy in a certain way, you know? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, where it it takes you away from the the intensity just for a minute and says, "Yeah, this is also ridiculous." Right, right, yeah. And, and and still, like, that is a profound movie, and you still, at the end, wind up feeling, like, really sort of, ugh. Like, it produces that same effect that Requiem for a Dream or The Fountain produces. But, yeah, it gives you a little bit of a relief, mm-hmm. you know? Where th- um, there wasn't, there was no relief. Like, any moment of joy in the movie was tinged with sadness. Like, you know, yeah. Izzy's being happy and she's like out on that little roof thing with the telescope (laughs) right and they're having this cool moment they're looking at this nebula with a really tiny telescope i'm just super impressed (laughs) with the power of that telescope just as a side note um to see a nebula with that clarity and also a color filter but um anyway (laughs) i won't won't get into the science nitpicking of what is essentially a fantasy movie (laughs) Um, but you know, they're having this great moment and then he's like, you're not wearing any shoes. And she's like, I can't feel the cold. 
And you're yeah. like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Can't we just have this like happy uh, moment? Uh yeah, you just you, you just sort of like sigh at him several times in the movie when when she's like, Okay, come come hang out with me and he's like, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go work. Right. You know, and then he storms off and you're like, Oh, what are you doing, man? Or they get in a they get in some sort of Oh, she says when he lost his ring, she says something like, Oh, is there a redhead? Ha ha right. you know? Like clearly that was a joke and he just took it the wrong way and sort of st- stomped off. I think that was that was the most difficult part of that movie for me was that one little that one little thing right there mm-hmm. because I've been on both sides of that. I've been in relationships where I've made a joke did not did fall, fell completely flat, mm-hmm. you know? Or I've been the one that took a joke the wrong way and storms off. Right. And you know what you know what occurs to me uh, also about this movie is that if without the redeeming part where he sort of comes to his senses at the end if you didn't have that in this movie mm-hmm. you could insert this movie into Anakin Skywalker's life <laughs> and and have it be a better explanation of why he turned into Darth Vader <laughs> and and I, and I'm assuming I'm assuming that Kylo Ren is going to be the same way, mm-hmm. you know, from The Force Awakens, that you could take this, the tone and everything in this movie, something bad's going to happen, and, you know, how, however Kylo got to, the, got to the spot that he's at, he basically went through the fountain, but <laughs> didn't explode into a, neb- a nebula at the end. He's basically, Kylo Ren is basically still sitting in the bubble, like, picking away at a right, tree. Right, which is now dead. <laughs> Yeah, which is now dead, and he's and he's very sad about it. <laughs> that was an amazing right. connection. I, I mean, come on, it that's, works. That, that's basically what I think, and that's the explanation for like that. That setup is basically what happens to every Batman. Yeah, too. any super villain was trying to cure his wife's cancer while she wrote a novel about conquistadors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or or you know. Um, or I mean, I, the, there's exceptions like you can't you can't apply that to Doomsday or the Joker because they're sort of these crazy wild cards. But like, you know, the Penguin or Two Face, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it. Yeah, yeah, they anyway. had this tragedy and, and then never got over right. it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to think. I guess through my notes here trying to see what else I mostly just wrote down a lot of the like different connections that happen like the um oh you know what I um you know what I thought was really cool is when I'd never I, I can't remember seeing this in a movie before where the scene where Rachel Weiss dies mm-hmm. and the doctor comes in and he's there with the doctor and the doctor's like she's gone and he freaks out and chokes the doctor. Yeah. Like, um, maybe th- maybe that has been done in movies before, but there was something about that scene that was really impacting to me. And he's like, she's not dead. You don't know what you're talking about. And then goes back and starts doing CPR on right. her. You know? Like, I thought that was handled really well. Um, because, you know, the 
if you're that if you're that guy if you're the character that he's playing Mm -hmm. like that guy is not gonna let this go he's not gonna just sort of like sob and sort of walk out and be like oh i'm sorry she's dead now like he that guy is gonna go choke the life out of somebody to get to his dead wife to do cpr and i thought that was really good yeah yeah it created this really real intensity um the other great thing about that scene is that izzy um is completely shrouded in light like oh okay so that was the other like moving from dark to light there are several different scenes actually where izzy is surrounded or is like the only lit thing Um, yeah and the same thing with queen isabel like where the conquistador is coming up through that like walkway where there's all the hanging lights which look like stars Mm-hmm. So it's like he's moving through space to her in the light. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty kind of golden cool. light. And uh, the light eventually changes from golden to white. Like when Izzy dies, mm. it's a white light. But earlier when she collapses in the museum, it's a mm-hmm. she falls into like this golden light after talking about the nebula. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's to me those are the things that that really stood out to me were the the visual transitions, and I think that's part of what made it feel like it was really about connections. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um. Well, anything else, or should we should we rate the thing? Um. Let me see. my notes I feel like there was something else I'd wanted to mention about it but now is it gone it, Did you it might be it? gone well I guess the only thing I was still thinking about was how now I've seen a number of movies that have felt like they had the same emotional depth without having to dig into sadness I think I'd wanted to mention that before. Like, there's this movie called Happy Go Lucky, which is about mm-hmm. this woman who is happy all the time because she chooses to be. Mm. And uh, it's a really great movie, and it it really made me think about a lot of things without also making me super sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that since I've seen more movies like that that make me think about things without having to it i don't know it almost feels like they're resorting to going the sad route because it's like automatic depth right yeah yeah that makes sense and again i keep thinking of parallels to to people in life that i know Mm -hmm. and i mean i i don't mind talking about like deep things with my friends or helping them go through things but What's bad is when you have someone who you must meet them at their level of sadness, you know? Like, it's not enough for you to hear them out. You have to feel as bad as they feel in that moment. Right, or they feel like you You don't understand them. It's like, no, I I get you. (laughs) Just in a different place right now, and that's okay. (laughs) Right, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so... but. Man, talking about this movie has made me like it less. <laughs> I know. And <laughs> I think I know. <laughs> I think going in, 
I'm ju- I'm gonna jump to rating okay. this thing. Like I think, I think when I saw it the first time, I think I would have given this movie like four and a half stars, probably something mm-hmm. like that. And then when I watched it before I was talking about it, I probably would have said four. Mm-hmm. But now that we talked about it, I think I gotta give it like three and a half or three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I started like when I first saw it. It was like five. Like this is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to love this yeah. movie forever. It is a part of my soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's like any, anything you connect to at all in your early twenties becomes, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, yep. I've, I'm. This is now part of my identity. Um. Yeah. And when I when I watched it. I guess it was, it went down to a three and it's, it's still kind of a three for me. Cause I think some of the stuff we talked about maybe changed like how I, how I understood the movie, but didn't really change how I felt mm-hmm. about it. Cause I yeah, remember afterwards, right. like talking with my friend about how we were both just kind of disappointed <laughs> watching it again. Oh, no. I mean, it was still good. We still enjoyed yeah. it. I think he's still connected to it more than I did, but yeah, it just, I was like, Oh, okay. I, I, I I might have to take this off my favorite movies list. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it, it, it's one of the, yeah, it's just one of those movies that has a very specific time and and place associated with it. And I was going to say, you know, maybe this is a movie that you bust out when you're, when you're going through a breakup, but actually this is probably the last movie you want to watch when you're going through a breakup because it'll make you just even more pine after the person that you broke up right. with. You know? Like, and probably what you need to do is... Well, I mean, I guess when you get to the end and, like, they've moved on. Right. You know? You know um, you, oh, I wish the best for them. They have moved on. To Shibalba. <laughs> to Shibalba. Yeah. Which is, a, is cool a cool name. name. Um, yeah. And actually, come to think of it. Oh, I guess not. I thought maybe I had just, like, gone through an emotional thing before watching that movie, but that was the year before. Oh, okay. Okay. So, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we I think did. we did it. There's the, there's the fountain. Good job. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, uh, send us an email if you listen to this and you want to argue with me about it. Um, 11telegram at gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's our episode. Thanks for listening to the 11th Street Telegram. Stay by your apparatus. Bye. Bye, bye. Rachel. Bye. Yeah, say bye.